This is episode 337 of The Real Me and Colin, a movie podcast. On this week's episode, Chase is going to take a look at a couple films that he has missed in the 2021 era of film, and uh, that would be uh, Spencer and Pig, a couple neon uh, titled films that will maybe, maybe not get some awards this season. Who knows? You'll have to tune in and find out. This episode starts right now. What is going on, everyone, and welcome to another episode of The Real Me and Colin, a movie podcast. I am one of your co-hosts, Chase Lee, and thank you for joining me on this day, night, or whenever you're listening to this. You guys are awesome. And before I begin the episode, if you guys could spread this episode around and let people know this is your favorite movie podcast to listen to, that would be much appreciated. You guys are always the best. Uh, I, I'm, I'm very thankful for you guys' support week in and week out. So this is episode 337. Um, it's getting harder to say these numbers. I'm like, 337, my God, that's a lot, that's a lot of episodes. Um, uh, so this episode, I really wanted to focus on a couple of films that I caught up from uh, Neon uh, that sent out some of the screeners and maybe that could be uh, awards contenders in certain categories, and that would be Spencer, uh, starring Kristen Stewart, and Pig, starring Nicolas Cage. So, a very weird episode indeed, <laughs> uh, but uh, I- I'm excited to talk about them. But um, that, those would be the main uh, topics of conversation. But before we get into all of that, I got to ask you, as I always do, how you guys doing? You guys doing pretty good? Um, this week has been a little crummy, and uh, I was supposed to get this episode out episode <laughs> oh my brain is failing me today guys um i was supposed to get this episode out to you guys on wednesday uh, i'm recording this on sunday so you're getting it today um because i'll have it out here shortly but i, I i've been sick uh i've straight up just I've, i i had a cold and stuff at the beginning of the week it's tapering off now um it's, it's basically nothing now, but like I just really was out of it the entire week. Um, and I also came back from my parents' house uh, for Thanksgiving break uh, on Monday uh, morning. And then I had a screening that night of West Side Story. And I almost fell asleep during the movie, but it, it was only for like 30, 45 seconds, like a little bit towards the end. Other than that, I, I watched the whole thing awake which I was very proud of myself of because sometimes when I just get exhausted, guys, it just the dark, the dark room, the maybe kind of right temperature to like just, you know, uh, make you go to sleep and everything. So, yeah, it was one of those things to where I uh, uh, I, I almost fell asleep for sure. But um, I, I pushed through. But it started to get a little uh, wonky on Tuesday and Wednesday when it came to um, my cold and my sore throat and everything. So I just I did not have the energy, nor did I have the voice um, to record for you guys. Now I'm still I'm still I still got a sore throat. Uh, so you you're probably getting like very like bass heavy uh, me today on this episode. Like I I definitely have like that sick like hey how are you doing? <laughs> um, so. <laughs> Uh, yeah, that's what you guys are going to get. And of course, uh, I'm definitely delirious from, you know, uh, just being sick and kind of out of it all week. So you guys are going to get loopy me today. Um, but yes, uh, so that is what's been going on this past week. Just didn't really have 
uh, any uh, energy to do anything. But I'm I'm got my list ready of ones I gotta. I'm backlogged on, so I'm trying to get these reviews out for you guys. Um, but speaking of the West Side Story, I will be. Uh, that will be a podcast episode uh, next week. Um, so, or it might be in the same week. I have no idea. I might just drop it uh, earlier this week, but uh, um, it will it will be out very very soon. So, West Side Story will be uh, the main one. I don't think I'm gonna pair it with anything else. It'll just be that. Um, but yes, uh, so West Side Story next week. Spoiler alert. Uh, and then the following week will be Spider Man. Yes. Uh, and then after that, I might do, let's see, cause I wrote my list out and I was going to try to stick, stick with it. Oh yeah. Uh, so Spider-Man the following week. And then the following week after that, I will have uh, being the Ricardos and the King's man. So that will be the, the dual episode there. And then you guys will have a mini review of the tragedy of Macbeth uh hawkeye episode four through six review swan song and encounter and then i will also drop uh hawkeye episode one through three review uh so that is the prospect of this month so far and i'm gonna try to catch up on a lot of movies that i missed and just sprinkle those out as well but i thought spencer and pig were two bigger films that i was like you know what let me just pair that with an episode but the rest of them might just be uh, mini reviews. So that's how my brain has been working <laughs> the past week. I was like, man, I got to really create like a schedule or like a list for you guys. Uh, so I can, uh, tease you with something. Um, so yeah. Uh, so that, that is also what's been going on this week. Been just kind of planning out for you guys. Um, speaking of Spider-Man, woo dog is, um, uh, first of all, I bought tickets. Second of all, uh, I will be going to a press screening. Third of all, I will be seeing it again, probably the following week with some coworkers. So I'll be seeing it three times. Um, super excited about it. Uh, the more I hear about it and the more I kind of read on it and just uh, just the anticipation level and like what's going to actually be in it and like what's going to happen to this multiverse and just everything. I'm super, super stoked. So uh, I, I hope you guys are too. That episode's going to be bonkers because I, I, think, I think the way I have to approach this and this is just um, I typically don't do this. I don't like putting spoilers uh in a review unless i specifically say it and then i pause and then i jump into spoilers i think spider-man no way home is going to have to be an all spoiler thing it's one of the, it's it's such a i guess an easter eggy movie and there's probably going to be a lot of stuff that happens with the plot that's going to have ramifications for the whole universe i'm going to have to talk about it i can't there's no way i'm going to be doing a, uh be doing a non-spoiler review and skirt around everything that's going to be impossible so I think for Spider-Man No Way at Home, that episode, it's going to be a full-on, you better like grab on to your seat because you're going to just be blown away by everything. Uh, hopefully, and you watch it so you can um, you know, listen along with me and enjoy the things I enjoyed or dislike the things I dislike. Um, and hopefully, I don't spoil anything for you guys. Uh, but I just wanted to give you that, <laughs> that heads up. It will probably be uh, that way. So... But yes, uh, super excited for that one. Um, what else did we catch up on? So I caught up on Spencer and Pig, and that's the episode that you guys are listening to right now. Um, I think that's about it. Uh, I did get an A24 package the other day with all the movies and stuff. So you guys will definitely get 
I might just do an A24 kind of uh, episode um, of Come On, Come On, Red Rocket, and Zola. I think those were the three I set out. There might be more, but I might just do like an A24 kind of like uh, end of the year roundup uh, episode. I don't know. Uh, But you guys will receive something, whether it be four mini reviews or one giant thing. um, uh, I I haven't decided yet. I also received the French Dispatch, so I definitely want to review that for you guys because I do like me some Wes Anderson. So once again, just a whole bunch of things to catch up on. The screenings I had this week are Swan Song. Uh, being the Ricardos and the King's Man. So that's where all those reviews are coming from is from this week of screening. So busy, busy guys. Um, but that, that's what December always brings is like all the studios are like, hey, we want this movie to be considered uh, for your list. Uh, and so they just try to cram it, everything before the deadlines. Um, and so that's why they do it that way. So yeah, just a lot going on. So I haven't really caught up on anything uh, just as casual viewing. Uh, some of the BS shows I watch are like, uh, not I wouldn't say BS, but like, you know, just more like background noise that you can have playing on the background. It's not like, uh, it, it's not like imperative to watch, you know. So like Shark Tank, I, I watched that, uh, Family Guy. I uh, saw the first two episodes of the new season of uh, It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia. I love that show. It's so funny. Every single season, it doesn't even matter. There's always, even if all the episodes are not 100%, there's always like several jokes in each episode that just cause you to cry tears of joy and just laughter. Um, But yeah, the first two episodes are very, very promising. Very, very funny stuff. Uh, And congratulations to them for being the longest running live action sitcom in history. Crazy. Didn't, Didn't think it would go to that show. But um, also, it's very funny to know that uh, It's Always Sunny is uh, under the Disney umbrella. I think about that every day. <laughs> so, uh, very, very good stuff. So, I watched that. I also watched the um, uh, South Park post-COVID special on uh, Paramount+. Plus. I really liked it. Uh, I, I really hope uh, Trey Parker and Matt Stone continue to do more adult stories for the boys of South Park. And, you know, they don't have to do them as 10-year-olds. Uh, the whole time they can mix it up and do some, you know, futuristic episodes and adult episodes. I liked it. It was very funny. It was one of the funnier ones they've done in a while. Um, and I liked the pandemic special and everything, but this one was pretty good. So, uh, that, that was something that surprised me. And then I'm starting to watch, uh, the last season of, um, F is for family, the Bill Burr animated show. <coughs> I've, I've really enjoyed that one uh thus far and so i'm excited to see it but also sad that it will be ending once i get done with season five so maybe uh, uh, that's why i'm taking my time on it because i don't want it to be over with finished the fifth season of big mouth um that was uh always raunchy and disgusting and gross but also you know people are growing up like it's coming of age for sure um i you know there's, there's several laughs that you know always catch me off guard. Um, but I, I don't know. I, I, I kind of like, there's like a charm to it. That's very, um, uh, like I said, it's, very, it's it fits into the coming of age, um, kind of genre, you know, it's just kids growing up, discovering themselves and who they are and all that stuff. And, you know, we've all been there and I think that's where kind of the charm, uh, is about it. So I don't know why I like, I watch it. I just do. Um, it's not like one of my favorites of all time or anything, but you know, whenever they have a new season, I'll, I'll pop it on. 
what? Oh, so when I was on the plane, uh, obviously there's movies to watch. And, you know, my flight was an hour and a half. <coughs> Excuse me. And um, I was like, okay, 90-minute movie, 100-minute movie, whatever. Let me just squeeze one of those in. So I looked at the list, and I was like, ah, I don't like watching new movies on the plane because there's a lot of ambient noise, even for my noise-canceling headphones, and it's just not a good experience to watch something for the first time. So I went through the list, and I saw that they had old on there, the M. Night Shyamalan movie. I was like, oh, hold, hold on there. I missed that one. So I watched old. Oh, and guess what? I'll go ahead and just review it for you guys right now, just very uh, randomly. And uh, I didn't, I didn't even plan this in the episode. Uh, uh, I just, I, I thought about it. And I was like, oh yeah, let me just go ahead and just drop that on you guys. I thought it was pretty good until like the main twist at the end. Uh. Like, it was fine. It wasn't, like, anything that was, uh, like, mind-blowing. or It wasn't, like, a, you know, I see dead people type of twist. It was just more of, like, I don't know. Like, when the hero, like, goes on the journey and, like, the journey is really cool and, like, they get to the boss's lair and it's just a mustache-twirling villain and they just don't really match with the tone of everything else. I, I, I don't know. It's very weird to or very hard to describe. I'm not saying the twist is bad. It was one of those things to where when it was revealed, I was like, okay. Um, and there was one question at the very end of the movie that didn't really explain. Um, and I kind of wish they would have uh, expanded on that a little bit more. Uh, but other than that, the the main like twist at the very, very end, it kind of sucks out all the energy out of the room, to be honest with you. But the everything leading up to that, I was really enjoying it. A, a very like, just tightly knit little thriller of um, people just dying uh, at a faster rate because time is uh, moved uh, exponentially on the island. And so you just don't know like who's going to go next or because um, also when you're on this island, complications that you have within your body speed up that process as well. You know, uh, for instance, like someone in the movie had like a tumor and uh, the tumor, you know, got bigger and stuff and they had to do something about it before like it, it killed her. Uh, so you could die that way as well. So I liked everything leading up to that point. And I know a lot of people are, are dogging on the cinematography, especially with some of the weird, um, like zoom in and zoom out while tracking the characters that I will admit that stuff looked a little, little wonky. And I was like, uh, no, thank you. Um, but that's not enough to tank a movie for me because everything else was fine. Um, a lot, of, a lot of great shots and a lot of, uh, you know, decent cinematography, uh, but, you know, criticizing one or two shots for the entire film, that's just, that's asinine. I, I hate when people do that on Twitter. They literally just take a clip from a movie out of context. And they're just like, look how garbage this movie is. This whole, this whole movie right here in this 20 second clip, this whole movie, garbage, garbage. And you're like, did you watch the movie? And most of the time they didn't. So, you know, um, yes, do the, some of those uh, uh, scenes that were shot look very, very bad. Absolutely, I'm not, I'm not, uh, I'm not defending it. Um, but to say the whole movie is just trash because there's one 
one or two things that last like maybe 15, 20 seconds is not fair to the movie. Um, so there's that. Went on a little rant there. Sorry. Excuse me. Um, I really liked uh, Alex Wolf um, in the film. Uh, was, was it Alex? Hold on. Let me just check in real time. Because, uh, you know, I don't think it's a bad thing, but I, both of the Wolf brothers, they, they kind of have a similar look to both of them. Um, and sometimes I, <laughs> I'll watch a movie and be like, wow, fantastic. And I'll be like, that's Alex, right? Or is it Nat? It is Alex. That's what I thought. So, and I think the way to tell is, uh, yeah, Alex has got that mole on his cheek. All right. Anyways, Alex Wolf was really great. Um, you know, he plays the kind of middle stage of uh, his character because, you know, the character brought onto the island as a kid. He kind of grows up to be a teenager and stuff. So, you know, kind of emulating like a six-year-old um, kind of performance and like a mentality. And uh, as you are like a 22-year-old man, uh, I thought that was kind of impressive um, for him to do that because uh, it was something I've never really, really seen from him before. Uh, so his performance was really well done. Thomas and McKenzie, also really great. Uh, she plays the uh, same thing with uh, Alex Wolf's character. She's like the middle stage of her her character but uh i liked her as well um and most of the performances were a little over the top i i will agree with that um but i thought it was entertaining uh i i thought the actual like uh story and just m night's vision for this like was right on the money like i was intrigued the entire way even if i was a little let down at the very end like i thought that hour and 48 minutes or whatever it is it flew by super quick and i i love watching m night's movies um regardless if they're mixed bags or they're terrible or if they're great he is a director i've always enjoyed um uh watching just because you have no idea where his mind is uh with the story and like you have no idea where it's gonna go and that's what's really cool about m night he keeps you on your toes he keeps you um you know, in the dark on certain things and he keeps the mystery close to the vest and he just lets you, uh, let it, let it, uh, watch it as it unfolds. And as the characters are discovering it, I just, I love that about M night. He's, he's very, very passionate on creating entertainment. And I just, um, I adore the man. So, and this is the same thing. Like, even though, like I said, the end of the film is kind of like, whatever I enjoyed, uh, watching the majority of it. But yeah, I, uh, it's not bad. Uh, you know, for like an airplane movie. Oh, definitely not bad. Um, and, uh, I think if, um, you're an M night fan and you haven't checked this one out, check it out. I think it's dividing people for sure. I think there's a lot of people that think it's, you know, okay to kind of like it. And then there's some people like, no, this is flat out terrible. Um, also I had a question. I don't know who I'm asking. I'm just kind of talking out loud. How was this movie? PG 13. This was a graphic movie for a PG 13 movie. I was like, there's there's nudity everywhere. <coughs> there's like bloody violence everywhere. People are getting cut open. Um, I for one do not care. Uh, I'm definitely no prude. I've seen very graphic R-rated movies, but just just from like just looking at it, I'm like, how did this thing get a PG-13? Absolutely insanity. Uh, who whoever was at the MPAA that day probably fell asleep, woke up, 
had to like write their notes like really fast. I'm like, oh, um, M Night, uh, uh, what, what other films do you do? Uh, besides The Happening, uh, I think everything else was PG 13. Okay, PG 13. Like, they just kind of scribbled really fast. They probably like turned it in. They're just, and, uh, the producers at Universal were like, holy crap, how did we get away with that? And they're like, oh, whatever. They signed off on it. So that's probably. <laughs> Uh, I kid, I kid. Um, I guess they just saw this as uh, this one was fine. But uh, yeah, I th- throughout the whole thing, I was just wondering to myself, how did they get away with that? So um, I don't know if they like edited some parts out or whatever to get it down to that. But good for them for uh, squeaking by the um, uh, uh, MPA police, if you will, uh, with all this stuff. So. Uh, it was just a little fun little tidbit that I wanted to bring up. But, um, yeah, uh, was not bad. So, there you go. There's a little surprise review of old. Um, so, yes, yeah, so when we come back, uh, the first film I'm going to talk about is Spencer, uh, the Kristen Stewart-led film where she plays Princess Diana. Uh, so, what will I think of the film? We'll just have to tune in and find out after this break. <laughs> And welcome back to the episode. Uh, the first film that's on deck is Spencer. Now, this film is being praised for Kristen Stewart's performance. Uh, it is directed by Pablo Lorraine, who I was a huge fan of <coughs> when he directed uh, Jackie. Um, so, a lot of things working for it. So, what could go wrong, right? Well, let's go ahead and just break this down. And this one uh, stars Kristen Stewart as Princess Diana. And this one takes over the course of like three days, I think. It, yeah, three days. Um, so it's not like, you know, some sprawling epic over Princess Diana's life. It's literally just like less than a week. <laughs> so um, it's directed by Pop- Pablo Lorraine, who also directed Jackie, uh, which was the Natalie Portman-led film where she played Jackie Kennedy. And that was such a well-done film. It was beautiful. It was haunting. And the score really, um, really captured my attention that year as my favorite score and also my favorite performance. Uh, and so... I was looking forward to anything that Pablo wanted to do. And so him tackling a Princess Diana story, that, that just makes sense to me. Because um, it seems like Pablo has a fascination with like powerful people and just really kind of um, making them feel vulnerable and making them feel like a human. Because uh, you know a lot of people, when they see famous people, are just like putting them on pedestals and like they just don't really realize that they're human beings like the rest of us and they have issues that they, we all go through um and people tend to forget that but pablo you know uh, kind of takes that and just shows you like hey this is a person that had real like problems um and no one really addressed it and like she never really felt accepted in the royal family um and this is just what it was and it's really sad to watch and so i knew that this was going to be uh at least a decent film uh just given pablo's track record <clears throat> so i saw this one i like it a lot um, I still prefer Jackie. Uh, I think there's a little bit more meat uh, on the bone, if you will, uh, when it came to Jackie and just the way it was delivered, and there was there was a lot more oomph to it. This one is a is a good one. So obviously, the thing that people are going to be talking about and the thing that's going to be driving the awards chatter is Kristen Stewart's performance, and she's absolutely wonderful in this film. She's very she's very nuanced. Uh, she's very striking and powerful when the right scenes um, hit the most, like. She carries this film like she has 
the charisma of Princess Diana, like, and why she was so loved by many people, but also carrying like that baggage on her shoulders of the internal stuff that not a lot of people knew about, and she just kept hidden because she didn't want to uh, be scrutinized or judged, and it's just a really terrifying um, situation. And like I said, I think Kristen Stewart really kind of delivered that showing all types of emotions that Princess Diana went through, and it's it's a really great performance. And then Pablo Lorraine's uh, direction was also really solid. Uh, this is a man that understands um, aesthetic and really kind of captures the time period that it's in, just like with Jackie. This one also has wonderful and just rich in detail uh, production design, costume design, and really sets the stage and the tone and the atmosphere for uh, the time period that it's sitting in. So that's absolutely wonderful. Uh, also, I think this was shot on film because there is uh, definitely a, a distinct grainy look to it. Also adds the the kind of aesthetic, if you will, the, the time period. And it really kind of feels like this old vintage film that we're, uh, we're watching, <clears throat> even though it was shot last year. So uh, I, I thought his direction was just masterful in that way. You know, feel, just feeling like this, this painter that's just painting uh, these wonderful scenes, beautiful, visceral, eye-popping scenes um, on the on a canvas, and so just from a uh, a visual perspective, Pablo nails it. And of course, just you know, guiding Kristen uh, through her performance and really kind of um, showcasing this vulnerable, kind of just just human side of Princess Diana, and that that's what I've always liked about uh, I guess Pablo's look into the the wealthy and the famous and the powerful is that they're just like us they're human beings they have stuff that they're going through just like we are but a lot of people don't understand that because they just kind of view them on pedestals and um they don't really um ask how they're doing or whatever and so uh you know pablo um just kind of showcases that and just the the horrifying situation that princess diana went through because she she was never accepted um, and she always felt like the outsider and she was trying her best. She, she kept a smile on her face when she was out in public, even though she was hurting on the inside. And so, um, it, it's, it's a, it's a great character, um, piece to, to showcase, especially if people don't know Princess Diana's story. I didn't know about her internal stuff until my wife watched the, um, interview or the documentary, um, with the, the recorded tapes and everything. It's heartbreaking stuff, and uh, I, this whole film is just tragic. Um, just sh seeing how famous people and people in the spotlight really just kind of get um, hammered in by paparazzi and just other people and really just don't um, take care of themselves. And so it, he really kind of showcased uh, Princess Diana's um, like mental health problems as well. And, and like once again, it's just it's one of those things where she seems like a, a very just nice person you want to help her like you want to help her so bad like while you're watching this um and and then of course we all know how her life ended and once again just tragic and so uh uh i i thought him just kind of um showcasing uh princess diana as just a person was really uh kind of beautiful for me so the score also just like with jackie uh very kind of haunting chaotic uh in some ways scratching of the uh, violin strings, um, random hits on the piano keys, uh, and really kind of keeping you in mystery as to where the the uh, score was going to go. But also what we're watching on screen, like this is a woman that's going through a crisis. It is kind of a chaotic situation. Um, 
and it, like I said, it's also haunting and tragic. And so I think taking those elements and kind of applying it to the score, yeah, it, it makes sense. And so the score was also fantastic. The uh, rest of the cast, uh, Timothy Spall, I didn't even know he was in this. Um, he's always a nice surprise. I always like watching him. Uh, the two that play the Princess Diana's kids also, yeah. Um, and then everyone else has like just pretty much equal screen time uh, in terms of just <coughs> – excuse me of where they're where they're shown you know uh the scenes that they're in like they get the job done it's really nothing special this is a Kristen stewart uh led led movie for sure like this is her thing and pablo's i think they they both share it uh equally so if you were into uh princess diana or the royal family if you like um slow burns because this is not you know some high-paced energetic movie it, it's something that takes its time it, it allows the actors to breathe in the scene and just uh we kind of just see it play out and it's just it, it's you know it's refreshing to see something like this and then you know flip over to something uh energetic and stuff and keep going back and forth but this one um definitely is like a, like i said a slow burn uh really great performances great production design uh if you were into that type of stuff i think you're going to like this movie um, I prefer Jackie over this one, uh, but I know people are raving about this one uh, more than Jackie. So, hey, uh, that's the the power of um, subjective opinion. So, uh, but please let me know down below what you thought of Spencer and uh, what are the awards chances for Kristen Stewart and maybe even uh, cinematography or you know score or production design, costume design, uh, any of that stuff. So. Maybe even direct. And that is my review of Spencer. Please let me know uh, what you thought of the movie, whether you liked it, loved it, hated it. You know, I'd like to know all of those opinions. So, uh, yes, when we come back from the second break, I will be going over Pig, the Nicolas Cage film that's getting a lot of praise for his performance. Uh, will Neon push Mr. Cage to that category for the Oscars? We'll find out. But <laughs> for right now, uh, I'll see you guys after the break. And welcome back from the second break. Uh, let's go ahead and talk about the second film of the episode, which is Pig, starring Nicolas Cage. And uh, yeah, I heard a lot about his performance and just how great the movie was. So let's go ahead and break this down. This one stars Nicolas Cage as a truffle hunter. Uh, and he gets one of his pigs taken away from him. So he goes on this kind of revenge spree um, to find out where his pig is at. But he's not really killing anyone. He's just like going around asking people like, hey, I don't want to cause any trouble. Where is my pig? Uh, that pig means a lot to me. So that is your film. Uh, and, <clears throat> you know, going into this, I'm sure a lot of people are already thinking, oh, a Nicolas Cage movie? Why, why are you reviewing that? Did you find it at a red box or something? Did you lose a bet? Uh, you know, does the, the film look like it was made for $10? It's like, yes, Nicolas Cage has that streak. Um, he is aware of that. I am aware of that. Everyone's aware of that. But I heard about Pig through the grapevine of, like, the other critics on online, and I wanted to see what all the fuss was about because they were saying that Nicolas Cage's performance was really, really good in this movie. Even um, uh, Alex Wolf's character, uh, uh who is he? Yeah, he was the, the person that he's he's kind of Nick Cage's boss in the movie. Uh, he's the one that kind of operates the truffle business. Nicholas Cage is the truffle hunter. And, uh, you know, people were talking about the performances and just it's just a really well done movie. And 
Here's my quick little uh, thing on Nicolas Cage. I think he's a fantastic actor. Yes, he makes a string of crap. There's no, there's no way to word, word that. But when the guy turns on, he turns on. He's also an Academy Award winning actor. I mean, this isn't like something to where like, you know, uh, that was a fluke or whatever. It's like, no, he's actually really good. And like, I, I've seen plenty of films ranging from Face Off, which I think is one of the greatest, cheesiest, over the top, so fun and entertaining action films of all time. And then something like Adaptation from Charlie Kaufman. That blew me away when I saw that film. And he plays two parts. So, like, I know that he can do it. And so when he does stuff like this and people are talking about it and they're they're raving about it and they just, they want to see Nick Cage succeed, that makes me excited. And so after watching this, I, I got to tell you, he's wonderful in this. And I... Out of all the people I've seen so far this year, I know I got a lot more to catch up on. I would put him in the conversation for <clears throat> uh, best actor at the awards uh, this year. I would even put Alex Wolf in conversation for supporting. Their performances are, are very warranted uh, in this film. So yeah, I, I, I really I really like this one quite a bit. Um, and yeah, I, I I think the one thing that was striking to me the most. Um, was Nick Cage's performance. It's definitely laid back. It's more relaxed uh, than some of his chaotic stuff that he's done. And, uh, you know, just past memory here. Um, but his performance here is is very, very heartbreaking. It is very, um, very powerful. Uh, this is a man that's on a mission and he's determined to get like the one thing that he really cares about because he doesn't really care about much in this world. Um, cause people just really seem to, uh, do him dirty and he just kind of went off the grid and he didn't want to deal with that anymore. We've all been there. And, you know, it, it's, it's definitely a film that focuses on isolation and, and the process of grief. And I think having Nick Cage be the, be the one to do that. I don't know. It just makes sense to me. Um, cause Nick Cage, he does have, he's got three modes, <clears throat> He's got crazy over the top. He's got very subtle and, and just very genuine, kind of like this. And then he's got somewhere in between where he can he can float between both worlds and somehow get away with it if the movie's good. This is more of a genuine performance. This is uh, a lot of facial acting. It's a lot of uh, physical performance. It is um, something for Nick Cage to carry with him throughout the entire film and have us really feel for this guy and really be on this man's journey and feel this man's pain and his loneliness and just and just realize that <clears throat> you know he he doesn't want anything else he just wants the one thing that gave him peace the one thing that made him happy it feels genuine it feels just raw and just kind of real and i i haven't seen that nick cage in a while um but this that that's his performance in this and it's it's absolutely divine I, I i loved it and on the flip side alex wolf is also really great he's not really getting enough uh chatter for this film as well but he plays that kind of you know uh like douchey rich kid um you know I, i'm running my own business and he's driving around his lambo um i think it was a lamborghini and when alex wolf's character is hanging out with nick cage in this film 
he just talks with him. He he at first he doesn't really care about you know finding the pig. It's just like whatever, I'll find another pig. I'm, I'm rich. Like whatever, I'll throw money at the situation and uh, the problem will go away. But really, kind of understanding where Nick Cage is coming from and just understanding uh, and connecting with a, with a person because he doesn't really have that connection with anyone. He's got daddy issues. Uh, he does not have a good relationship with his dad. So in a way, he is also isolated. These are two people that are just alone in the world. Him hanging out with someone that's a little bit more down to earth, it really kind of brings him down to earth and gets him off his high horse. And I think having that that connection with an understanding with Nick Cage's character really opened up his eyes uh, to maybe connecting with his dad in the future or connecting with just anyone because he seemed like a very cold person as well. Um, so it's two people definitely uh, feeling alone in the world, both in some ways going through some type of grief or sadness, and they kind of just come together and they form this bond that, you know, at first Alex Wolf's character was totally against, but slowly started to realize that, like, hey, listen, like, he, he's doing a good thing, he's helping out someone, and he's doing the best he can to um, to help him out. Like, towards the end of it, at first he, he was, did not care, but uh, once again, a layered performance uh, for Mr. Wolf. Uh, very, very good. Like, they're both on the same level. Um, so I, I really hope when people see this, yes, Nick Cage is great, but let's talk about both of them. Um, what's his name? The guy that played, like, the... Adam Arkin, he might be uh, Alan Arkin's son. I don't know. They kind of look similar. Um, I, I loved his little his uh, performance. Uh, he's in a few scenes. He plays the dad, and he is terrifying. He is uh, magnetic on screen. I wish this guy could play more villains, for sure. And then towards the end, like he uh, actually gave a really great. I would even say another supporting actor scene stealing performance um, with him, his son and Nick Cage. Like once again, it's just like the power of acting in this film. It's definitely an actor's movie. Um, you know, I, I, uh, I, I like the, the visual aesthetic that uh, Michael Sarnowski, uh director, <coughs> excuse me, uh, created uh, in this world. It's very bleak. There's a lot of grays. It feels very, um, futuristic it feels uh run down if it, it, it i don't know it kind of matches the character of nick cage i i was kind of iffy on some of the cinematography some of it got a little too out of hand uh with the uh the handy cam uh sh too too many too many shakes uh especially like, towards the end when we got to a really emotional pivot in nick cage's character it was shaking too much and like it took me out of the scene it, it took me out of the emotion that nick was portraying that i was supposed to receive and kind of react to um so there there was a couple nitpicks like that with the the cinematography that was maybe a little bit too much handy cam um but other than that you know it, it's it's a fine looking movie that's really about it there's really nothing else uh to say about it it's short and sweet it's a very short movie hour 32 <coughs> excuse me and then you knock off six seven minutes um for credits and then you're looking at uh, under 90 minute movie so it's very quick uh it's playing on hulu right now so if you have a hulu account and this is something that interests you if you want to see something different from mr cage uh and him going back to what you know what i know he's capable of 
uh, then I think you'll really enjoy this. Um, it's not a typical revenge film. It takes more of a, a, like I said, a genuine kind of like heartfelt kind of just very human route to it and not, you know, a John Wick route where he's just murdering like a thousand people. Um, and so just don't expect that expect, you know, a little bit more, uh, of it wearing its heart on its sleeve type of deal. So, and that will do it for my review of pig. Please let me know what you thought of the movie, whether you loved it, liked it, hated it. I like to know all of, uh, your thoughts. So, um, yeah, so that will do it for the episode, guys. Episode 337 is in the bag. Like I said up at the top of the episode, next or next episode, episode 338, will be Steven Spielberg's West Side Story. Uh, I did see the movie. Uh, I'm going to keep my thoughts close to the vest. Um, unless you follow me on Twitter, then you know you know what I thought about it. But uh, I will surprise you guys uh, on like what I thought about it. So just tune in for that for West Side Story. And this is coming from someone that has never seen the original. So I went into it uh, just because uh, I like Spielberg. I wanted to see uh, Rachel Zegler, uh, what she was all about, because she uh, she has a very, very, very strong presence on Twitter. Everyone loves her and her tweets. So I'm like, maybe this is a star in the making. And so I, I was really excited to see it. So yeah, uh, next episode will be West Side Story. And then the following episode, just to recap again, will be Spider-Man No Way Home. It will be a full, blown-out, just like spoiler-heavy discussion. Uh, I'm sure it will. The episode will be five hours long, uh, <laughs> you know, discussing everything. Um, so that will be fun. And then the following week will be being being the Ricardos and the King's Man. Uh, so that is your basically your your look for December. And if I get through those 824 uh, stacks, maybe that will be the, you know. Next episode after that. I have, I have no idea, but um, that is what December is looking like. So, yes, uh, thank you guys for joining in. Uh, I am Chase, and, uh, you know, spread this episode around. Let people know what's up. This is your favorite uh, uh, movie discussion podcast, and uh, thank you guys for all your support. You guys are awesome. Love you all. I'll see you guys for the next one. Bye-bye. <laughs>